0: What's up, everybody? We are back from a break from podcasting. My guest today is Matt Askren of Columbus Level. Uh, Matt has been in the game a long time. He's played with some storied franchises, Tipman Effect. He's played with the Trade My Gun Outlaws, uh, not you know, Drop Zone All-Stars, who are now Columbus Level, uh, making his way through the Divisionals up to the Pro League. Um, we... Ramble on about a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh it, it's funny, I you know, I put a stop in at about an hour, um, but we just kept going. After that, we didn't we didn't really stop at all. There's a bit of a technical glitch at minute like eleven to maybe minute like thirteen, uh, where there was some lag going on. I thought it was Matt. He said it was in his garage, but it was actually on my end. So I apologize for that. But after that, once we get the second half of the podcast rolling about minute like, you know, thirteen, um, it's it's all smooth sailing after that. Shout out to all of our sponsors, Dive, Valken, Ninja, Level Up, Sports, New Balance, um, everyone helping us play the game. We should be hopefully having another Pro actus soon in September. Details of that I don't think have been officially announced, uh, but hopefully we get that set up and rolling. Without further ado, please welcome Matt Askren.
1: What's up, Matt? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well,
0: man. Doing well. It's uh, Friday night. We're recording this after a long work week. Um, just kind of want to dive right into it. So, Level, we just played the uh, Kentucky, I don't even know what we're going to call it, the Corona Cup, the Pro Actis. Um I wasn't there, but you
1: were You were there. Kind of break that down for us. Uh, yeah, that, that was a, a really fun weekend. Uh, I think we had six pro teams come out uh, to Asylum Paintball down in Louisville, Kentucky um uh those teams included uh dmg uh nrg elite uh level of course uh the uh, tmg outlaws were there uh nyx was there with uh, go, uh mark johnson from ac diesel uh guesting with them uh, it was good to see him out there um who, who else who else Oh, and Aftermath, they were there yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those six teams got together. Uh, we duked it out. Uh, we did uh, six total games uh, a, a piece. And uh, um, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, the, uh, they had 10 refs uh, or 10 or 12 refs out there on the field uh, with uh, varying uh, experience in roughing. Um, but basically the, the idea was, is, you know, Hey, you know, our, our 2020 season is a bust, you know, um, we, we want to play something together as, as pro teams, you know, like put a, put together a cheap practice and help keep us, keep us sharp, but keep the competitive nature there as well. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really, it was a good quasi, uh, event to it. You know, there was some competitive, some competitive nature to it, but also, um, It it, it was just a practice because there was no real prize at the end of the day. So, but you know, it was interesting. You know, some some of the some teams uh, practiced for the practice, and some teams didn't. Uh, I can name one that didn't. (laughs) But uh, uh, we had a blast, nonetheless. Uh, We learned a lot, Um, and uh, gosh, I hope. Uh, I hope to do it again. I I, I hear that the rumors that they're planning another one, but I'm not quite sure what the details are on that. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything about anything. So I want to keep my mouth shut. That's fair. That's, that's fair.
0: Um. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of off of our, our 2020 season going bust, the, just this week they, like, canceled – I don't know if you follow college football, like the Big Ten, the, the Pac-12, canceled their fall season and they're moving it to the spring. But – we're still projected to have a world cup. Um, Do you think that world cup is going to happen? I personally don't think we're going to have a world cup. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, (sighs) I think I I don't think we will have a world cup. Um, It's uh, you know, Florida's the busiest uh, or the most active state with, with the COVID isn't it? Uh, I'm not quite sure, but I know that it's, it's been in the news a lot lately. Um, so I'm not too fond personally of the thought of going there. I know some other people might not be you know, it's just the natural orders of things, but at the same time, uh, you know, people are, you know, businesses are struggling to survive. Uh, the NXL is a business too. And, uh, they're, you know, they got to seek to, uh, get some revenue flowing, some cash flows flowing through their, their business there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's in their best interest to push for it to happen. And in that, I think, you know, we're going to see a, a continuous delay on any announcements saying that there won't be a cup, but, uh, I think ultimately, um, they will have to fold. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just the sad nature of, of the world right now. But, um, you know, I, I see, I see what they're doing. I understand it. And, uh, you know, you know maybe, maybe we're wrong, you know, maybe this, yeah. <laughs> maybe things turn around. I don't know. I don't know. But
0: you think the NXL will fold or just there won't be a world cup?
1: Oh no, 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 not fold as in like, uh, <laughs> no, not as a league failure or anything. No, I mean okay. fold as in, uh, yeah, no world cup, no world cup. Um, uh, no, I have full faith in, uh, in Tom that, uh, we'll, we'll see, uh, a thriving NXL for uh, 2021, uh, 2022, whenever the hell it is that we're allowed to uh, get back to playing paintball on a a full scale basis. Right. Yeah. I think one good thing
0: the NXL has going for it is that the backers of the NXL are Bart, who is independently wealthy and Sarge from heat, who is also independently wealthy. So it's not like, yeah, the NXL is a business and it does need money to stay in business. But at the same time, it it probably actually doesn't. You know, I don't know all the financial. <laughs> I don't know how much money these guys
1: have in the bank,
0: but it's hard to like. It's hard to really know how profitable. It's a NXL.
1: passion-driven sport, man. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, that's I, why I I'm not worried about it's- it. Yeah, yeah. For that reason, for that reason alone, I have a positive outlook for the future of competitive paintball. Um, there's just there's a lot of people who get involved with this game, and it just takes over their lives. They just they just love to play paintball. They love the the, the scenery. They they love the friendships and relationships that they uh, they make uh, when they play this game. And, uh, those names you just mentioned have been around since longer than me, and uh, I can only imagine that's exponentially multiplied for those guys. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure that they just have everything, or, you know, they they want to see nothing but uh, a thriving NXL for as for as long as possible.
0: Yeah, I I think we'll be okay next year as long as you know the government lets us play. Um, and you, I mean, you've been around. I don't. A lot of people might not know this, but you were a playable video game character along with your wife in Greg Hastings tournament paintball. How long have you been in the sport?
1: Oh, uh, I'm older than dirt. Um, <laughs> see, I think, I think I started playing when I, in like 1999 or something like that. Uh, or uh, two thousand seven. I, yeah. I, I was, yeah, I was like, uh, 13, 12, 13, 14. Let's just put it this way. I've been playing so long; I don't remember when I didn't play very well. Um, I remember the time. uh, I remember how I started, but I I don't remember much of my Sundays before then. Um, I think there was a lot of church. (laughs) Yeah, I was church kid growing up too. My parents (laughs) are hardcore Catholic. Yeah, and then then paintball became my church, and uh, you know, I think that transition occurred around uh, ages twelve or thirteen. Um. Yeah, paintball's been my church every Sunday. This is what I'm. This is what I'm doing on Sunday. Um. But yeah, I think that was uh, around uh, 99 or 2000 is when I uh, first picked up a paintball gun. Um. And uh, you know, national competitively speaking, uh, since 2004, I've bounced around in divisions, playing all the various formats, all the various leagues that's come and gone. Uh. Yeah, I've had a little taste of everything. Um. Uh, I wish I had more experience with ten man. Um, I I have one true experience in ten man uh, on a competitive for a tournament. Yeah, only once. But uh, again, that was long ago. That was like two thousand and four, maybe even two thousand and three. So uh, yeah, I've been around a minute. I'm I'm thirty four years old. Uh, so uh, you know, it's 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 interesting to be playing. Uh, paintball against uh, people that are, you know, five to 10 years younger than me and uh, they're just kind of hopping around the field. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a,
0: that's crazy, man. So yeah, this is, I think I started in 2007, 2008 competitively. So like, you know, 12, 13 years here of of straight paintball, this NXL break that's kind of been forced upon us by Corona. This is the longest break I think I've taken from paintball since I started playing paintball
1: pussy i haven't i haven't quit i haven't stopped playing you know coronavirus stopping me from playing paintball i've been uh, uh running drills and stuff uh since nearly uh the beginning of ohio's quarantine which i believe happened in the middle of march Uh we've been in it for so long i, I stopped caring to yeah. remember um but yeah basically mid-march is when ohio went into quarantine and uh mean, uh, yeah, I probably went two weeks of uh, twiddling my thumbs before I got antsy and started you know shoot uh, shooting like a case of paint and drills and stuff like that out at uh, some local fields. So uh, yeah, I, like I said, it's, it's my church. I just get back to it. Uh something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, l- luckily my gun didn't uh Yeah, my gun didn't make the trip, thankfully. Um uh we've we've uh but no I've been in I've been extremely impressed with the M threes, man. Um I, I, uh, I shot a I DM... My first tournament-level gun... So, like, I had an ANS Gen X-3 cocker So, like, I'm not even talking about a tournament-level gun yet, I, I don't think. Um, that's what I played, like, Wreck with back in, like, 03-ish. My first, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, earlier I said my first national event was an 04. Well, I used a DM-4. It was a Black to Blue Fade DM-4. That gun was nasty, man. Smooth as butter. Guns were heavier back then. A lot bigger. but So, like, you shot a ball... And that gun wouldn't move you know you shot laser beams across the field if you had good paint and you know all the elements were right for you um but yeah that was a dm4 and i've uh you know i've done the tour of of uh weaponry uh through my paintball career and i think it's very fitting to find myself with dye uh, in my in my pro season uh or you know as a pro player uh or a pro in the nxl however you people want to semantically put it um you know, the D1 dude in the pro bracket, whatever. I don't give a shit. Fact is, is die. Um, uh, I, I think it's suiting that I've returned to die and I'm, I'm using those guns again. My gun probably has 380,000 shots on it since we've got them. And I've uh, just had to service the reg once and it's been fantastic. Uh, very, very pleased with the M3. Yeah, sure. Sure. I'll I'll move over. I'll try to improve my position here for you. Is this better? Oh man. Is it better over here? Okay. We'll give this a shot. Sorry about that, man. um so where did it start cutting out i can go over that again if you want or Uh uh-oh where'd you go
0: Cool. So we just had a shortcut, a bit of a technical difficulty, but Matt, you were just saying how it feels right to come full circle back to rocking a die gun. Yeah, uh,
1: uh, Yeah. So I had that DM-4. Um, I love that gun. Uh, the following year, I got a, a PM-5. Um, There's like a, God, We I think we ordered like 20-something PM-5s. It was awesome. Uh, Jess got one too. yeah um, nice and uh see i had a pm7 uh when i uh played for miami university i had a pm7 i i I held on to for about a year and i had a dm12 um which i loved that gun that was that gun that was probably the wow of the dms of the dms justin the dm12 they got it right like that was a nasty gun (laughs) Um. What else? What else? What else? Uh. Oh, I I think I skipped over the DM7 that was in our household's possession. Uh, Jess playing with the FEMS. Um, we had a DM7 floating around the house all the time. Um. And yes. Yeah, so, and then now the M3 Plus. And uh. Yeah. It, the same holds true with all these guns. You know. You just lube them every time you play um charge the battery in m3's case and uh, get new batteries in the other guns cases um or, or or hey get uh get some tape for the membrane pad on uh, uh, get some tape for the membrane pad on the dm4 i don't know if you ever experienced that Did you ever shoot no. one of those and do that No, the,
0: i had a dm9 uh when i played with eminence back in the day but that was it
1: yeah, the DM. Okay, so the DM nine. When I think of the DM nine, I think of like a sub, like a submachine gun type of like paintball gun. Like that gun, I think was a a smaller DM. Uh, if it was if very I'm small, right? Yeah, yeah, very compact. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, the, those were those were sweet guns. Um, but yeah, the DM four man, that thing. Uh, for for how great it was, we would we would take the the membrane pad we would put, um, plastic over it and then tape the plastic. So we were trying to like protect its life, uh, from the elements, you know, water, mud and all that crap, you know, just the general rubbing of your, your hands on it. Um, and I even went so far as to put electrical tape on the wires that wrapped around inside the frame to protect the wiring itself uh, that plugged in the board to the exterior button. Um, yeah, I was pretty meticulous about things, uh, Back in the day, I was I was I was a I was a tech junkie uh, for a while there, and I knew my way inside and out of, of a paintball gun. Um, you know, I've worked on quite a few over the years, but uh, uh, you know, these days uh, the way they build them, uh, you just lube them, charge them, and uh, see you next weekend. You know, yeah. <laughs> they keep up, so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's,
0: it's funny how many modifications you used to be able to do to the older guns. Like everyone would get like a Smart Parts ion with ups, and like you'd have the drop forward and the new trigger, oh, and a TDA board or a Virtue board. Um, and that's not how they come anymore. They just come full kit, ready to go. Like there's not one thing I would, I don't even know what I could change if I would change anything. But there's not one thing you could I could change or would change on my M3 plus.
1: Oh, dude! And, and the thing about the ergonomics of these things, uh, all the different platforms. Uh, I was on a, a Facebook thread the other day. This guy asked. Um, I think it was in Level Up's Facebook page. He or no, it was in the Ohio Paintball page. He, he asked, uh, "What's what's the what's the need in or what's the difference in a fifteen hundred dollar gun and uh, yeah. you know, a thousand dollar gun?" You know? Um, I think, yeah, it was
0: like an entry level like. Yeah, I saw that quite like $400 gun I think versus a high end gun. He was like why should I buy a higher end marker? I don't see a point.
1: Yeah, and I and, and you know there's a lot of good responses in there and I don't know why I felt like I should just chime in. I don't I don't know why. Like I'm not the authority on the matter, but my opinion was hey, you know, just pick one up, take a take a take a shot and you'll see the difference in the price right away because I think in his specific case he was uh comparing an ego 11 which I mean 2000 canon. yeah 2011 Canon with a nice you know spread on the sh- on the shot there um versus the the the, the crispy lv1 you know the yeah' just silent snickety snap lv1 I mean you'll see the difference right away technology's improved uh, oh yeah it's and it's and it's impacted the way the games played some um, Uh, and that's, and that's changed over the years in many different ways. Oh my God. But, um, but yeah, they, they build them right now. Um, They, the ergonomics of them, the the sensibility of how you want to shoot a gun, um, a paintball accurately with ease, you know, they they build that with like in mind at this point. Whereas back in the day you saw, yeah, like a whole industry built behind drop forwards. Like, yeah, (laughs) what the
0: hell is that? (laughs) <laughs> the guns used to be so small. Like, I can remember my Ego 11. That was like the first high end marker I had. I think my first gun ever was a smart parts ion. And then my first tournament marker, oh no, it was a oh nine. It was a blue 2009 Ego. It was the first like real marker that I thought, oh, this is a good, you know, quote unquote, good gun. And looking back at it, it was so tiny, like in your hands. And we used like small tanks. I was like, mm-hmm. why? Why was that the thing? <laughs> mm hmm.
1: Mhm. Yeah, um it's interesting and some companies I think have uh like made that their like second like B class, you know, gun design, you know, like kind of have that miniesque uh appeal to it because I think of, like the mini uh, itself, the Empire mini, I think like that gun came out around in that time and that was yeah. the, the the rise of the axe plus cash era. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, yeah I remember when that mini came out and I was like a smaller gun like oh, that's amazing this is what we want and then I think the Lux maybe was the first gun that came out that was like, like hey no, this no, no, is no. set for a normal person
1: yeah, yeah no 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 spread those arms out a little bit control your barrel a little bit more control the back end of the gun a little bit more this is the way to effectively easily fire a gun use a gun a paintball gun. Oh, man. Am I allowed to call them paintball guns on your podcast, uh, Politi? You, Are you okay you with can that? Say, you can say
0: I don't want anymore. to offend
1: anyone out there. It, it yeah. might, I might better say Marker. Uh, who gives a shit?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, it's do we, do we cuss on here, too? You can cuss, dude. There's, this is not a PC podcast. We, some of these uh, – Politi the ones PC had, podcast. I like it. <laughs> they, they, get, uh, they get pretty controversial. I like to talk about all kinds of topics. It doesn't have to be just paintball. Um, I mean, you're a pretty big conspiracy guy, right? I know you're on the Epstein <laughs> didn't kill himself train. I I got a whole list. I'm I'm into the conspiracies. Working from home, man, you can get down a rabbit hole quickly on YouTube of just the craziest things um oh, so we sure. could talk about that kind of stuff dude, i got a whole document here of conspiracies <laughs> that have been tracking like
1: we ought to we ought to get we ought to get logan on here and uh, uh have a three person we'll have we'll have a threesome with logan about <laughs> conspiracy theory sometime uh because that dude he's he's a riot with that shit um i'd be <laughs> i'd love to do that <laughs> Yeah, we'll be at level um, I don't know what we're doing We have a
0: practice coming up in about two weeks here I don't know what we're doing on Saturday night But we could definitely get something like that going But I got a whole, like, I got a whole list written down So like, my first one is that Nick Slowiak is actually the paintball standard He's canceling these NXL events Created coronavirus so he could win the series with Todd Martinez Obviously this isn't based in no fact at all I've just made this one up But if you think about it and you pull some strings It could make sense
1: Damn, Justin, you think that lowly of Nick Sloviak, you think he'd have to rig the league so he could win?
0: No, I'm saying he is the paintball standard. Are you familiar <laughs> with the, the meme page, the paintball standard? Oh, no,
1: I'm not familiar with this. What oh, is this? Oh, my God,
0: dude. They they post um, – Wait, I may know, have I...
1: seen a thing or two from there. But yeah, name me a classic because I might have seen a thing or two. The paintball standard. Yeah, now, now it's ringing a bell.
0: They, uh, yeah, they just it's just a paintball meme page. The last one, one of the ones they posted recently was like the formula to winning the NXL, and it was like a green vial and it just said money. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's hilarious. <laughs>
1: it's,
0: it's literally, it's like a troll joke page. Um, so like just posted something about them today with like him at Vegas getting a beer from them. And I'm like, no, dude, this is you've never been photographed with the paintball standard because you are the paintball standard.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> But then there's things like the Wayfair gate with the cabinets. That was crazy. The Bitcoin situation where hackers stole about $300,000 from Twitter's like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Biden, Kanye West. Um, Then there's like the Florida Corona numbers. We were talking about like, because World Cup we think will be canceled. My manager, actually, my direct manager at my job, um, got, she was in Florida. She'd been there for a couple months, got tested for Corona. And
1: she told me that the I don't doctor know. told Sorry, her. Sorry, Justin. I hold on. I don't know if the audience can hear this or not, but it sounds like you're playing fucking Mario as you're talking over there. Uh, playing Mario? Yeah, right there again. You're when you speak, it goes beep, beep, beep. It's like uh, it's like your your mic is like, um, uh, squeaking almost, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not, is this any better? No, oh, I did it right as you said something there too. It's like a little beeper squeak. That's like,
0: strange. I I can't hear anything on my end.
1: Oh uh, uh, how am, I don't know. Unprofessional of me to bring it up if it becomes an issue, but um, yeah, just some. Oh, go ahead, man. Well,
0: I'll listen to this before I put it out, and if it's no good, we'll just do a whole another one because I've had to move
1: rooms already once, and uh,
0: the technical difficulties of <laughs> yeah. this one have just been astounding.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about all this. It's just, it's just the way it goes with me. You get the, you, you're, my bad luck is just kind of rubbing off on you a little bit too much here, <laughs> you know?
0: Oh man, I don't think you have bad luck at all. <laughs>
1: <sighs> yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I am I was kind of on a rant there anyway, but then there's like, you know, the aliens, the Pentagon's like, oh, we've confirmed the alien sightings this year. What do you think about that?
1: I don't know. Is someone just spitballing distractions from the awful political climate? I don't know. I'm a I'm a history major, poli sci minor, so like I'm you know apt to pay attention to you know politics and news and stuff. And um, yeah, then I read about the UFO stuff. I'm like, why is that a discussion now? Um, I don't know. I uh, I'm also I'm also in the middle of, uh, you know, my own COVID crises as well. So I, I don't dwell too much on these, uh, on these, exp- on these conspiracy theories, but, um, uh, yeah. So the, 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 aliens, uh, why are there, why are the aliens coming out now? Well, I, I, I don't know, but I did read a book, uh, by and it wasn't by john glenn it was by another one of our astronaut heroes and he's so heroic that i can't even remember his fucking name (laughs) uh but he uh he wrote a book and three quarters of the book it was um basically his autobiography he you know described you know his um military you know his his youth his military experience and then his um uh experience in the Apollo programs and then I believe the shuttle programs as well before he retired. And uh god, I can't believe I was Foster something like that. Uh, I don't know. Um but suddenly like in the last 20% of the book, man, it took a fucking left turn and it started talking about aliens and how like he went up in their spaceship and shit. And like this book was written by like a known astronaut who did go on these missions that he had like fully described up until this point. What what the hell is going on here? What is he talking about? You know, and that was a long time ago. That was like back in high school, but I always kept that one in the back of my mind. Like, man, that that's odd. You know, I'm not I never read up on it or anything like that. You know, life goes on, but I do find it interesting now that um, you know suddenly they, they are saying that there's evidence of, uh, unidentified flying objects and, you know, they have now, so have they confirmed that it's just a, an unidentified flying object or th- are they saying that this is full blown extraterrestrial or like, yeah. what's, what's tell me exactly what are they saying, Justin?
0: They're, they're saying it's full blown aircrafts that have, that are not in our technology space that are out of this world that are they're like there's no way we have the technology as human beings to replicate whatever this is we can't figure it out this is confirmed to be from outside of earth and um so that's what's that's what's come out this year and i'm surprised it's not bigger news like everyone just seems to be like ah whatever like aliens are real yeah like we probably knew that but like you think people would be freaking out i feel like they snuck it into the papers
1: <laughs> that's a yeah that's a good point um you know yeah and I, and I as you described it is exactly the way like i've behaved in it as well like uh yeah we kind of probably knew that already um you know the independence day movie um might happen one day you know maybe i get fly an f-18 into a fucking diamond in the sky you know Maybe.
0: Maybe. <laughs> you know, funny I'm actually looking at this document I wrote up in my last the last edit was made on July sixteenth. And it's crazy how many of these stories. We're only we're less than a month away from that. So many of these stories aren't even in the news anymore. Like the Wayfair story, the Bitcoin story. Um I actually have cited some sources about Florida misrepresenting their COVID numbers here. And it's like that's not in the news anymore either. And it's just crazy how fast our news cycle moves it's like bam 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 like everything is it's here and it's gone it's here and it's gone it's like it's insanity
1: well it, it you know looking back in history there's always been a population of you know uh it went from hundreds of thousands to you know millions and now billions uh seven billion at the moment right so as human history's progressed you know News is only relative to those who are around it to, you know, experience or have that butterfly effect impact from said event, right? Right. And, dude, we live in the internet now, man. Like, where the fuck are you right now? Uh, I don't even know where you are in the world, Justin. Where the fuck are you?
0: <laughs> I'm in uh, I'm in a suburb of Boston right now. I'm in You're a in town fucking Brighton, Massachusetts.
1: <laughs> You're out in Boston and... <laughs> fucking I'm over here in Cincinnati and I didn't even know where you were in the world. And yet we've been talking for a half an hour or whatever now, you know, like, uh, it's a much smaller world we live in and uh, you know, and, and the worst part is, is it's in our fucking pockets, our little cell phones. We need to rebel, Justin, we need to get rid of the cell phone. It's, it's made the world too small.
0: Dude, I, I will not even lie, I am super addicted to my phone. Like, I check it all the time. I'm always checking Instagram. Like, I before we went pro, I had deleted my Facebook um, just because I just thought it was a really toxic environment. I'm like, this is just not a place for anyone. I think it's just everyone's arguing. I don't know. Just don't like it that much. But then it's where all the paintball players are. So if you want to do anything paintball related, like both of our team chats are on Facebook. Um, the level up expo page the level up group you know expo like it's all there every you can connect with so many people it's a good tool but i think if you use it too much or use it in the wrong way it can be very detrimental to your mental health and your well-being so i, tr- I try and stay off it but like i'll openly admit dude, i'm super addicted to my phone and my technology i have like a dual screen monitor i got you know two computers like i'm you know hooked up but but I, I acknowledge it's definitely not healthy to a degree. I definitely overdo it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the cell phone issue is real. Um, you know, I was we were supposed to have started this thing at uh, 8 o'clock originally, right? And then we pushed it back to 8.30, tech issues, 9, then, you know, whatever. That's besides the point. Before all that, it got delayed originally because I was at a taco place, a new place (laughs) called Condado, picking up for my wife and I. And uh, there was a grand opening and there is like, you know, people everywhere, uh, every six feet apart, standing outside this place. And it took me a, a second or two to realize that most of these people standing out here are also takeout orders and they've been standing here. And I too will join their masses, right? Yeah. And, uh, but all these motherfuckers, Justin, all of them in their phones. And guess what? Mine was dead. I was at 15%. Like now I need it for communications, you know, practical uses and whatnot. Messages suggest like, you know, fuck this, let's bail, you know. Um, so, yeah, people's, you know, their, their faces are buried in their phones. And I saw an interesting uh, picture once where it's like, well, that's not something new either, you know. And it showed a picture of a bunch of people on a on a bus in the, like or on a train car, or something like that, in the, in the 20s or 30s or something like that, all with their faces buried in newspapers. It's like, you know, we as humans, I guess, we're like attracted to that that networking, you know, that so we are social creatures. I think that gets drawn out. Uh, that's been played out through, you know, newspapers for prior generations and cell phones for today's generations. And the and the new thing about the cell phone is is now there's an open exchange of ideas and people are just no one's certified in shit. But now we're all doctors in uh, you know biology in the past year, right? According to yep. Facebook, you know. Yeah it's it's wild it's it's given everyone a voice it's brought town hall to your front fucking door um and uh you know yeah you're right it's it is dangerous for the for the mental health for that reason um because everything seems like it is a an issue or your issue and i mean yeah let's well i mean i mean who's kidding who like pedophilia is a fucking problem i think that's what the wayfair thing is that part of the wayfair issue i don't yeah it is i've i don't even know what the fuck that's about i've just been like hearing a little bit about it here and there um can you explain that one
0: so this one kind of fell off too this this is kind of a crazy one so it was like it's the wayfair one was that they were selling cabinets online and these cabinets were priced like thousands of dollars above what a normal cabinet would be and the name of the cabinet. They were all connected to missing children. So the theory was found on Reddit that it's like, they are trafficking children through these cabinet sites. Not that they're like shipping children, but like you go like purchase this, you know, cabinet with the name of a child and they would somehow get you this child. And like this whole like pizza gate kind of like, crazy sex trafficking mm. elite pedophile ring like the f were running and all that um i don't know like obviously the owner of wayfair was like oh that's not true but all those cabinets came down really fast people were like oh wayfair is like amazon anyone could put anything up on it and sell it however they want um <laughs> but it's like if if you're amazon like you're gonna be like this is weird like this isn't a real product you can flag that and take it down Wafer didn't take it down until this conspiracy theory came up that, hey, this is weird. Like let's, We're pointing this out. Like This is abnormal. Here's a bunch of things that line up that make this abnormal. And then all of a sudden, they were all gone. What the so, fuck? Yeah, it's a, it's a wild one. I mean, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if it's true or not. But it was just – it blew up for like a week. And then just like the rest of the news, it's out of everyone's mind. I bet no one even thinks about it anymore because there's too much news – to consume your mind like, I gotta live my day to day life like, I gotta go to work I gotta play paintball I got my girlfriend I'm dog sitting right now I got two dogs in the house um, Doing podcasts like, I got so many other things to do I'm going golfing tomorrow That I don't nice. Have time To consume my mind With like oh, okay That's out of the news Like whatever I forget about it The only reason I'm remembering it Is because I wrote, I wrote it down For a podcast <laughs> <laughs> <coughs>
1: yeah uh yeah. Yeah, man uh yeah it's it, it it's too much it, it is too much and it it's interesting you bring it up uh or that it's got brought up on this on this podcast because you know it's actually something that's been like lingering in the back of my mind these past few days so um yeah that's strange
0: <laughs> it's definitely strange but uh, let's dive back into a little bit of paintball. so You've been in the game a long time. Are there, other than level, are there any notable teams? You, I know you play with the Outlaws. Any other big-name teams you've played with that stand out on your record?
1: Um, yeah, so I was uh, with uh, uh, Outlaws D2 for uh, – well, well, I was with – on, hold on. you know, Prior to levels with DZ All-Stars, uh, semi-pro for uh, three years, uh, uh, learned all – Learned a lot about paintball in those years. Had a lot of, a lot of um, moments to grow and uh, learn from. You know, uh, you know, duked it out for three years with uh, DZ All Stars, or no, two years. Oh, geez, was it two? It was two years DZ, one year uh, level. That's what it was. I sorry, I just uh, lump them all together because the you core group of it. Level Up is the same group. Yeah. But, um. Time is weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Especially especially this year, um, just because we're not getting out so much, you know. But, yeah, uh, not trying to dwell on that too much. Um, so, yeah, so there was DZ. Uh, uh, prior to that, I was with uh, Tmg Outlaws for uh, a season and a half playing Division II. Um uh, prior to that, though, I was with Tipman Effect for two seasons, uh, uh, with uh, Howie, uh, uh, Little Nick, uh, Trey Goodwin, uh, okay. who's like a little like a little brother to me, little paintball brother to me. Uh, let's see, um, and prior to that, I uh, ran teams out at Escape uh, called the Working Class Holes. Uh, just I a that. Yeah, just a group of guys. Uh I don't know, just a good group of personalities that played out at Escape. Uh Eric LeBlanc, uh the big Southern Ohio's hero uh to paintball, you know. He's he's paintball royalty in in Southern Ohio. If he if he ever returns to Southern Ohio, you know, he should know that the red carpet will be rolled out for him no matter what field he plays at. Uh he is he's the man and uh everything he did at escape uh for uh you know setting up bunkers on on those weekends and uh uh, allowing us to dig a trench in his yard and put in an airline so we could play x ball um you know it was incredible it was great and uh you know you know times change you know people people have to you know move on and do other things and um you know, we don't get to share time together any longer, but that dude, you know, with, without him, uh, I, you know, Upley without him, I wouldn't know you like I do. I know you, I know you from your rookie years in tournament paintball, you know, like your and I's relationship goes back to, you know, practically the dawn of time for half our audience, for half the people that, <laughs> you know they play paintball now you know the, the younger crowd that's up and coming and chasing our coattails all the time you know um yeah to them that's that's dinosaur ancient history but you and i know each other because of eric leblanc i know howie because of eric leblanc you know without without in fact it was eric who called me while i was out shopping at kroger with jess one night and said hey uh, come play uh world cup uh uh, come play world cup uh you know we'll combine with howie and and nick and trey and we'll you know and we'll go and play with the tpa guys and guess who else i met there because of that layman yes sir our boy josh <laughs> layman our 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 captain and commander josh layman and uh he and i uh really stuck it stuck it to people that w- uh that weekend at world cup and uh yeah. You know, and, you know, life, life goes full circle, you know, sometimes relationships that you forge early on come back to, you know, benefit you. And I think that, you know, my success, uh, with, with paintballs truly attributed to those moments where, uh, you know, I shared a, a good bond with, with people, uh, you know, certain individuals who, um, you know, were there for me when I needed them, you know, later on. Uh, so, Uh, You know, Eric was able to introduce me to people like Lemon, who, you know, was able to give me, you know, an opportunity to play with with DZ and therefore with level. Right. And I also met Ryan Hollowell through Eric. I have met Addison Winstead through Eric. You know, Uh, uh, just just so many, just so many people. And, uh, you know, there, we have new leaders in the uh, paintball community, uh, that are, are, are doing fantastic things. Uh, uh, Dave Pando, uh, everything he does at level up sports, uh, uh putting up uh, amazing rec fields, um, really cool scenarios, uh, different, different looks, different activities for, uh, rec players, you know, and then, uh, but also what he's done for the you know the the tournament players the the uh, the weekend warrior scene you know and he uh puts a lot of work into the field over there and he collaborates with uh all the players uh as best he can and um and he's done a a tremendous amount of work for uh the level up paintball team and um uh, his his gratitude you know I, i is the word gratitude his, his his uh his kindness that he's he's shown to us is just you know just outstanding and uh i can't thank him enough for that um so yeah you know those are some of the uh, you know eric leblanc you know stepped aside he went to massachusetts and uh dave panda was able to pick up the reins and uh pick up where uh, eric left off and uh we've been um on a uphill swing since, um, man, I've really rambled on. You were just asking me about my paintball teams and I've just kind of just rambled here to Eric, to Dave, and now to whatever. So,
0: dude, it's good to pay homage though. I mean, you know, Eric, obviously he's actually way closer to me than he is to you right now. I, I need to to get in contact with him. I was literally in Cape Cod last weekend. Um, I don't know where he lives though. I just know he lives in the state somewhere. So I, I need to hit him up.
1: Yeah, I wish I could. I wish I could uh, get him out, uh, come play with us sometime. Uh, that'd be cool. Shoot the hell out of him a little bit. <laughs> show show him the new moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he hasn't seen us yet. I mean, he hasn't seen uh, you know he hasn't seen me play since uh, uh, you know joining the Level Up program. I don't think. Oh, I
0: bet he watched the webcast.
1: Uh, yeah, oh, that's true. That's true. I forgot there was that webcast. <laughs> yeah, our get, we have some free we have some
0: free games on YouTube as well.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I, uh, I forget that it, it, things are like that now. Um, some people, uh, yeah, some people will pick up and watch some stuff. I get a a, a message randomly from uh, someone just saying, "Hey, that was a great game. I really enjoyed watching that." Um, I also get weird messages once in a while about how someone increased my wiping stats or my speed and agility on gray cases and paintball too um that's that's always cool uh, those are appreciated i love this
0: dude that's yeah that's a really cool i think that's a pretty cool thing that you're literally a playable character like that's that's incredible that just a testimony to how long you've been in the sport and you know how much you've seen oh, yeah. all the different leagues you played oh what that, would oh, you say dude. oh god
1: uh I, I, I hate to cut you off, but I'm so glad you brought that up because we were talking about relevant teams, you know, relevant teams that I've played for. Dude, I've only taken you back to when I met the the DZ All Stars, then Level Up uh, group, you know. Like I've only taken you back that far. Even
0: I'm going all the way back, back
1: further than that. <laughs> Let's hear it. That's what so the be- people want to so hear. Yeah. So before that, uh, I played with uh, a, a team called. Uh, uh, well, hell, well, but we were the Cincinnati. We were Cincinnati Surprise. That's right, <laughs> uh, Cincinnati Surprise, and uh, we we played dabble in some X ball and whatnot. That uh, that was uh, out of paintball country down in Cincinnati, and uh, uh, but before that, and that was with my wife and and all of our friends that uh, turned out to be you know close my close personal group of friends Uh, are the Cincinnati Surprise guys. They're all guys that live close around me. Cook lives on the other side of the the freaking park, at least for another month from me. Um, Yeah, all those guys. um, I'm not going to go into it because I know I don't want to bore you. But um, close friends, love them. Anyways, but before them, I played for a team called Method X, which was a seven-man team uh, in the NPPL. And that was in, 06, 07, maybe oh five, oh six, oh seven, something what like was that. Who's the guy you that know, shot sometimes... angels out of Splatter Park? No, okay, you I know who you're then. thinking of. That 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 that's that blue. That's they wear blue, right? Uh, yeah. That method. I don't think they're yeah. around anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they were they. I think they had mostly uh, older players at the time that I remember them. So I don't think that they play now. Um, No, it wasn't them. Um, This team was based out of a small indoor field called Seek and Destroy. And uh, uh, that was in Xenia, Ohio, which is basically Dayton. And um, uh, yeah, I played seven man with them for a few seasons and uh again those are all friends that i still talk to today and uh they we went to huntington beach one year and it turns out that they were having in like an open casting call for um this this uh, greg hastings paintball game that was coming out and uh we're like okay yeah we'll go see what this is about and they took our photo took our some of our biggest basic, basic information from us but myself and my wife uh jessica uh we were both able to uh uh get on yeah you know, get on the game um i think i think someone had a beer with greg hastings at some point point. Uh, like uh, one of the team dads uh basically talked to greg hastings at some point uh that weekend in fact and um put in a word for us, so I, I don't know, maybe it was written on a fucking napkin or something and it made it back to his office. I don't know. But yeah, we got in the game. And so when you so when you play Greg Hastings tournament PayPal too and you want to find me, you go to the I think we're the third team called Method X. And when you play that team, we're the we're the fullest roster from the default teams that you can pick from. And I'm the first name on that roster. So when you play by default you play with as me. As it just coincidentally turns <laughs> out, so cool. and then as I as you get killed with me, uh, you become my friends. Um, who like I still I play Rainbow Six Siege with Sonny still. Like he's in the video game. Uh, uh, J- Jess is in the game, and uh, so and you'll hear a girl's voice, and uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, it's it's yeah. So check that off my bucket list. Uh, that's an accomplishment I never thought I'd. I'd <laughs> never complete. so um, yeah,
0: it's, it's crazy just the amount of people that paintball can help me meet. Like when I moved out here to Boston, um, I just moved with my girlfriend, you know, I didn't have any like friends or anything. I didn't know anyone, but I had the paintball community. I'm like, all right, well, I know the New York Extreme guys were playing against them in the semi pro. So I just drove down to their field and just started hanging out there and then I went to Paris um, and I played the NXLE met a bunch of dudes from Boston there because a lot of East coast people play that. And then from there I got connected with Boston paintball and from Boston paintball, I made a bunch of friends and now like um, someone's picking me up to go play on Sunday actually. Cause my girlfriend took my car for the weekend to go down to Cape Cod, but it's just crazy. Like the relationships you can make in paintball, just this one thing that can tie so many people together and can tie like you together for such a long time. It's like, like you think all the way back, all these people. It's like, oh, I played with the guy, you know, ten years ago, but I still am in contact with him. You know, like some of my best friends in my life are from paintball.
1: It's just crazy mm-hmm. to think about. Yep, yep. I, uh, yeah, I, I I'd, I'd actually, I can say with one hundred percent confidence that my my current like uh, set of friends that I talk to have some relationship to paintball. Um, I guarantee it. Uh, it's just, it's just how much time I, I've spent with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never quit uh, all those years of, you know, losing and sucking and making <laughs> mistakes. Uh, you know, some people learn slower than others, but one, uh, you know, I just have a passion for the game. It's just something that's fun. It's, it's kept me relatively fit. Uh, and something to look forward to in life, you know, every week, you know, get back to it. So, you know, earlier I, I, I called a church, but it's kind of kind of fucked up how like literal that might be you know <laughs>
0: yeah dude it's funny you said that because uh that made me think my um i don't know if you know who paul Brennan is he's my old teammate my roommate from college paul when Brennan.
1: Start- yeah quick paul yep yeah, <laughs> yeah that dude's that fucker is fast
0: yeah he's real fast um when we first started playing together when we were about 14 15 years old his, his family is also super religious and he they him and his brother john they were on our team, they would go to church. And then they eventually convinced their parents to like, Hey, like we, we can't go to church. We got to go to paintball. Like this is one of the practices. And it's just funny that you, that you brought that up. Like how paintball became your church. And I'm like, dude, there are people on my team that like they had to stop going to church to play paintball. And this became their Sunday thing. Uh, it's just <laughs> funny. I, I feel like that's universal. Like if you're like, you know, brought up in a religious home, it's like, when you're a kid, you don't really have a choice. Over whatever it is you learn. You just learn whatever your parents tell you is mm-hmm. that's what you're learning or, or whatever your school tells you. Um, or the internet at this point. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, dude, back when I was like, I, like we didn't have the internet. I mean, we kind of did. I think it was coming around like middle I was in middle school. Um, and I was like dial up and then like AOL and then uh, Roadrunner. I'm 27. So I think right, when did the internet become sure. like Big I remember having like a i m instant messenger and that was cool and then I remember getting a Facebook, but I can't really remember that far back to be honest so I all think I know is
1: was junior high for me go ahead
0: all I know is like i some of these like you know how Facebook does the memories and stuff you should not uh-huh. be allowed any like fourteen through like probably twenty one year old Like you shouldn't be allowed to have any kind of social media in that time because the stuff you put on there is like you see those like flashbacks. You're like, oh, that's cringe. Why was I saying that? Like, what is that? It's, uh, oh, man, it's yeah. funny, but I do love seeing Cringe all the really. old paintball pictures and like the time hop. Yeah, it's it's mad cringeworthy. You're like, what is what is happening here? Like, who, who allowed me to have this platform when I was a 15-year-old kid?
1: <laughs> God, it'd probably drive me into a depression, dude. You know, like, I live my life moment to moment with cringeworthiness, and I don't think I could <laughs> handle something like that.
0: <sighs> yeah, it's... It is a wild place, man, but it's it's good and bad. You know, it's helped me connect with a lot of people out here in Massachusetts and, um, you know, be able to, to play paintball out here. It's, it's a lot more expensive than playing at your sponsored field. That's for sure. You got to pay, pay full price for things, even when you're, you know, a pro. Um, not all the time. If I go with other pros, I can get, you know, a deal if they know the people at the field. Or if I go to Boston Paintball because I work there, I can get a deal. Uh, but if I had to just, like, play paintball out here, like the, the it's expensive.
1: I mean Massachusetts is just more expensive than Ohio, but it's just you know, it's pricey. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to discuss the economics sometime. Um I'm kinda curious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, it's uh paintball is an expensive sport. It uh, will always be the uh most prohibitive prohibitive thing about it. Um yeah, and I don't know the answer to that. It I mean, it by nature of what it is, I mean, who the hell's gonna make that that paint? And how the hell are you gonna stop people from shooting so much when they wanna win? Um yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the odds and the odds just don't pull in your favor, um, unless you're able to lower those costs on manufacturing somehow, which I'm sure they've tried, but with the world going batshit, who knows?
0: Yeah, this is definitely a luxury sport. That's for sure. Um, definitely not everyone can afford it. And like, it's funny. Me and Doek like we're talking. It's like the higher you get in the sport, the more it actually ends up costing. Like you think, like, oh, I get higher up, I get more sponsors. Yeah, that's true. But in order to maintain those sponsors, you have to put out a lot more because um, you need to perform. You know, you're not going to get sponsored if you're at the bottom of the barrel.
1: It requires it requires a lot of gun time. That's for sure. Um and uh yeah, uh, there's not many people who could just pick it up and start just murdering the whole world and making the right decisions on the back line and uh, playing as a team player because uh if if it, if I've learned anything since playing semi pro it's you know no one person you know makes or breaks it you know it's it's, it's a team effort and you know uh working together. And, uh, you know, not many people are going to just pick up, pick up the gun one day and just be incredible right off the box. It takes, it takes some effort. Yeah.
0: Dude, that's, that's the truth. It's a, it's a damn hard game. Oh, well, we just knocked out pretty much an hour right there, man.
1: All right. Um, damn, I went by quick. I feel like I just did a lot of rambling to you, dude. That's
0: all right. I like them better when when the, the guests talk more than I talk because I say the same same shit over and over. Everyone knows what I say, so it's it's better. You know, <laughs> the reason I wanted to have you on is you've been in the game so long. You know, you you have such like a storied um, past. You played with such cool teams like Titman Effect. You obviously you're with us now, um, like the Method X guys. You're in the Greg Hastings game, so it's just kind of cool to hear somebody's perspective that's been in the game for so long and is like been grinding through the divisionals and you're, you're now at the top of the game, you know where, like if you took the amount of people that play paintball, like not even competitively, like if you, I mean, maybe even competitively, we're probably the 1% that makes it to pro. But then if you took the amount of people that just play it as a game, like scenario, wreck, birthday parties, tournaments, regionals, Europe, Asia, you know, Australia, like all, like th- there's, thousands and thousands and thousands of players and we are now one of like maybe 200 players i mean i don't know how many pro players are exactly but if you took 20 teams times 10 roughly give or take 200 players um so now we're now we're the one percent and it's just crazy you know you have a really cool story and uh i know you're in the conspiracy so i thought (laughs) it'd be cool to touch on that with you and uh you're obviously the most famous person in cincinnati paintball like you're cincinnati worldwide <laughs> famous <laughs> um so yeah i just wanted to just wanted to have you on and kind of one question i did want to ask playing all the formats what is your favorite format seven man ten man modern day x-ball what has been your favorite game to play
1: yeah that's an that's an excellent question i think uh seven man is fun dude seven man is fun People get lost in the weeds. It becomes like Vietnam out there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, seven man is a blast. I played uh, a ton of a ton of seven man, and um, you know, I when I played uh, with Tippman Effect, a, we played semi pro NPL. That was seven man X ball, and I think we raced to five or something like that and um, I I I had so much fun playing that format I what I what I would like to see what I think would be neat and I don't know if it's practical what it, but it would be neat is if we had seven man X ball in the current X ball format you know just add two players to the current rules I think that would same be same guild
0: size same same everything yeah just the field
1: way. would need the field would need to be lengthened um. Yeah, the field would need to be lengthened, and that's why. Like, I don't think it's a practical ask, but I think that would be sweet, um, just because of my experiences with yep. playing that body count. What? But you know, you, you go and ask the same question to my, my uh to one of my paintball mentors, Scott Branham, uh, a, another Tippman uh, Effect alumni, uh, also of rhythm, um, over here in Waynesville, Ohio uh Scott Branham, he uh you know he'd tell you that he'd probably want to see ten man X Ball. (laughs) Because, you know, that to him, that's his path that's his painful pastime, you know? So I that's a good question for me to ask Scott when I see him.
0: Dude, I feel like a lot of people say seven man, and I'm curious as to why it died out because I do hear Seven Man is like I feel like the most popular response um, at least from like anyone that's been an old-school baller. So I wonder if like the MPPL was maybe just mismanaged, maybe if the current NXL leadership could run the MPPL, maybe that would do it. I, I personally don't think the economy and people's spending cash is strong enough to support two leagues anymore, like how it used to be. Uh, I think it's kind of mm-hmm. a one-league or bust, because it probably costs about 10. If you're going to compete in like division, I don't know really about division two. I kind of skipped that division, but like, semi-pro in pro it's probably at least ten thousand dollars a year per player to, to compete so that's just not feasible for two leagues like there's no way you can spend 20k by yourself i mean you could but you'd probably be working a lot or putting a real strain on your body not doing anything else i don't know living a, a tough life unless you had a backer i think it'd be very difficult to play those in two leagues yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think Vegas cost me over $1,000. That's not even including, like, partying or anything or, like, enjoying the city of Vegas. Like, because, I mean, I flew to, you know, so I drove, I drive by myself to the first practice, just because I'm obviously in Boston. And then you and I both flew to the second practice. And then I also fly, everyone flies to the events for most of them. Uh, I fly to all the events. I can't drive to any of them. But it's, like, the cost of, like, even we have this mandatory practice, like in two weeks, just for drills or whatever. I had to buy a flight for that. Like I can't just drive home. It's a twelve-hour drive to Columbus, maybe thirteen plus stops. So that's like a, I can't do that in one shot. You know, like there's no way I can make it there without flying. So that's like an extra two hundred bucks to make it to practice. So the the season is just expensive, and I just don't think people could do that for two whole different series of events.
1: I don't disagree. And I think, yeah, like the, the, the paintball path has been like this morphosis, you know, um, you know, it was 10 man and then they said, Hey, let's make this, let's take out like that random factor, you know, that one game opportunity, you know, like let's eliminate that possibility and let's make it multiple points. And then at the same time, let's make it, uh, let's start trying to make it TV friendly, you know? So in comes the air bunkers, in comes X-Ball. Um, and then I, I think the fact that uh, X-Ball felt like it was a very fast game and kids were, you were, you were practically respawning because you know, you died and then you just go back out another two minutes and your gun was a machine gun. I think it, I think it appealed to a, a, a younger crowd at the right time as well as uh um, the industry itself looking at this and being like, "Hey, this this format could be huge," and um, you know, uh, you know, maybe we put this on TV, and it just never quite, you know, it just never quite made the transition, right? And so we've seen it step back into different versions of that because they're always trying to flirt with that. And now they've now they have Go Sports, which is, uh, I think, doing a fantastic job. Um, I agree. You know, i was
0: watching ghost sports today just,
1: you know i asked ryan hollowell our 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 fucking sunshine on the team over there <laughs> he i asked him since he's seemingly the tech know-all like why the fuck isn't ghost sports on uh disney's espn app right now like why why not you know like just take the production as is throw it up on there people are always talking about how there's there, there's no sports on tv and shit like Yeah. Oh man, we need to get this stuff. We need to get this stuff on this 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 ESPN app. You know, that'd be cool. Then Ryan says, "Well, it it just Ryan's like, well, it just costs too much." And he gave me a lecture on cost for production and this and that, and he told me to go fuck myself. Like he, oh Ryan, lecture
0: the shit out of you, dude. Ryan's always fucking. Job, out of stabbing me in the chat. I don't even know. How, I don't know what the right term is. I've had too many beers, but he's always getting at me in the chat.
1: But you know uh, what? Like, you know, and that's cool because he's Ryan, and like on our team, like you know, we're like you know, we're a tight brotherhood. Like I've, uh, you know, I've been there for uh, you know, I've been there for Ryan and helped him out at times, and he's he's certainly a, a major reason why I'm on level up today. You know. Um, that's another, uh, relationship where, um, again, just someone I met a long time ago and, uh, um, yeah, just, just being, just being nice to people, you know, sometimes they're nice back to you if you're, if you do it right. Yeah. So, um,
0: you know, with the paintball on TV thing, it's funny, like I'm back in 2005, that is smart parts of world cup. And that was kind of when I was first starting to play man, I think that really actually helped me become more like involved in the game. Like when I, cause I would come home every day from school and I was on ESPN two and I would turn it on and I would, my favorite team was excessive. And, um, just because I was a young kid and I don't know why I just like picked them. I didn't know any of the teams I'd never seen pro paintball before. I was just, maybe they were the first game I watched and I was like, all right, I'm going to root for this team. And so I just rooted from the whole event. And, uh, it's so thomas taylor was on that team we got to play against him um when we played infamous on saturday you know it's funny because it kind of comes full circle like you know i think i went to the 2008 or maybe 2009 chicago psp and i got that guy's autograph and um i told him on set sa- on saturday morning he parked right next to me and i said hey man i, I got a fanboy a uh, fanboy on you for a second even though i'm about to about to play you. it's like back when i was 14 you know in to, in 2009 i got your autograph at psp chicago and now i'm about to go head to head with you in the snake in nice. the very first point i i come down stab harrison fry who i've been playing with for <laughs> prior to that and post up on thomas you know i take a shot at him miss him post up and he and he runs me down and we trade and it's like dude i've like this was my favorite player back in the day like i you know, still want probably an all-time great hall of fame player um I just thought that was cool. It just comes full circle, and it's like if I did, if paintball wasn't on TV, I probably wouldn't have known who he was, and I probably wouldn't have rooted for excessive and become such a big fan of him, particularly and just like the excessive team. Like I had the uh, the beat down city belt, and you know, like I, I bought the merchandise. You know, I was a young kid, but and I thought it was really cool. And but it's like if if paintball ghost sports does a really good job of it, but if if we could get it to a mainstream media. Yeah, I know it costs a lot, but it will reach somebody. It reached me. I mean, it's in. I was, I think, a normal high school kid. I played soccer, played football. You know, I went to a D1 high school. Like a lot, of, a lot of people I had a good group of friends I still keep in touch with. So I, I feel like I was a pretty normal, regular kid. So if it reached me, why wouldn't it reach other people? Why wouldn't it reach other kids who are into sports like I was, who had just played this at their birthday party and are like, "Oh, you can do this competitively." Like starting a little three-man team I don't know that's kind of a rant but it but it works I feel like it will reach other people and I don't think we should give up on it totally
1: you feel that it'll resonate yeah 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 uh, I I understand what you mean it yeah I kind of think of it like a, a pulse you know how does that how do you get that pulse to go through the networks uh, of, the, of the minds you know, how do you get that how do you get the message out there well, well, you know how Wayfair did it, right? I was just talking yep. to this dude a few <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> so we just need to sabotage the paintball community somehow, and then it'll become famous through that, right, Justin?
0: Yeah, I mean, that could work. I mean, there's Ken Bryson, but he's not really <laughs> mainstream famous. <laughs> oh. For good reason. He definitely shouldn't be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, topic's been in the news lately. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Back on the conspiracies for hour two of the podcast. Which is <laughs> all oh.
1: dude, we're all over <laughs> this motherfucker, aren't we? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's all right. Those, I think those are the good ones. They keep it keeps people you put on in their conclusion toes. You don't halfway don't
1: through this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you're concluding through this podcast. We're all over. <laughs>
0: oh yeah shit. Th- those are my favorite ones though i mean i've had a good time this this time has flown by i hope the technical issues don't pose too much of a problem so once i, I, end don't, this, think
1: well, I yeah. don't think they will yeah they will i i hope my monotonous voice didn't put people to sleep i probably killed a few people on some fucking mountain roads these fucking shitbag P- pittsburgh guys that live on our team holy <laughs> shit you've got to be on your fucking uh uh, uh what do you call it I don't know. You have to be uh, like white knuckling it through the fucking mountains over there. Uh, you know, out here in Cincinnati, we don't got that many. That many no, cold. it's flat. Well, uh, and actually, I'm like a quarter of the way to Columbus, so I'm truly in the flatlands. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Pits- I lived in Pittsburgh. You know, it's funny. It's like the paintball relationships. I moved in with Doiak, Um so I worked for Tesla. I started in Pittsburgh. I went from Louisville Kentucky to Pittsburgh and I like I knew Tyler but I mean I don't I don't really know how well I knew him when I moved in with him. like I knew I, I know I knew him through paintball but he'd come to my house one time in in college and he played on G fridge with me which was like three events maybe but it's like it's not like I knew him for like years or anything like I think I knew of him because he would come around TPA but I just like hit him up and I was like, "Yo, dude, I'm moving to Pittsburgh." Like, he's like, "Hey, I got an extra room. Move right in." Dude, and I just played fast and loose. <laughs> <laughs> I just straight up like moved into his house in Pittsburgh uh, with him and Waso and uh, this dude named Nick, who was pretty cool. Um, and those those are just the kind of connections that paintball can make. Like, we had this one thing in common. That's all we had. Yeah, you know, Waso yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually made me a painting of me and my girlfriend uh, that I got her for. I don't remember what it was for, but. Of me and her in um japan we were at a waterfall in japan and i sent him this photo and i said hey dude could you paint this and he did a phenomenal job like this painting is like <laughs> incredible like i I'll, I'll send you a photo of it it's like
1: yeah like it blew my that. mind
0: like i it blew my mind like i knew he'd do a good job i didn't know he was a painter I, yeah oh dude he's a phenomenal painter he's uh i think i don't know if he's a full-time artist but he sells a lot of his work um Huh. I mean I, I yeah, I paid for this one and it's I'm glad I did. Like I would I would highly recommend uh anyone that needs anything commissioned for a gift or just for something personal that you want yourself to hit up Wasso. Um I don't know where it is now, somewhere in Pittsburgh. They moved out of the, the-
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> message Tyler doviak ask him where Wasso is. That's yeah. what you need to do. <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, long story short, it's i'm really glad i i hit him up to to do this painting it came out way like just professionally done it's excellent um <laughs> but just the people you meet through paintball that the relationships you have it's like i have the, a couple i have so many old jerseys and um i gave one to kenny kenny shell one of my asylum jerseys and i, I want to give one to dan letson and i also want to give one to uh I don't have an escape jersey, but I want to give my TPA jersey to Gilbert, too. And it's like, I know that's maybe a bit controversial, but that guy helped us a lot coming up. Like how Eric helped, you know. The yeah, team, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. Gilbert yeah. helped.
0: Yeah, he helped a lot. Um, yeah. Go for it. And I know it. the field closed and everything, at least the speedball side, because, you know, the guy needs to make money. You can't run a speedball field forever. That's purely a passion project uh the walk ons are where the bread and butter is so like I have an old TPA jersey uh, and I want to send it to him be like hey man like you know you really influenced us a lot like I know like the the ending of TPA maybe wasn't the best but like you still helped a lot of people
1: yeah um uh so I played that event uh TPA effect and that that was my only like real experience with Mike. And, uh, I learned a lot about humanity. Uh, (laughs) I learned a lot about humanity. I learned a lot about paintball. Um, and I learned a lot about what to do's and what not to do's in situations. Uh, you know, um, that was Mike, Mike is, yeah, as you said, he, he is controversial, but uh, truly, truly means means well, means the best, um, and sometimes, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, sometimes just things don't turn out the best. I don't know. He, uh, um, but he's he, he's a he's a good guy, and yeah, I, I actually uh, do see him on social media, and looks like the last I seen the the field was doing well. He's built up some some fields up there. Uh, some nice rack fields up there in the northeast. Yeah, they look cool. Uh, um, don't remember the name of the town that's in that, that was so, it's called uh, uh,
0: Alliance, Ohio. It's it's Alliance. literally in like the middle okay. of nowhere, Ohio. It's like southwest of of Cleveland and Akron. Um, it's pretty. It's close to Akron, but. So there's a small college there, but there's really nothing else there. If you're not going to TPA or you're not going to uh, Mountain Union, I think the name of the college is, there's no reason to go to that town at all.
1: But, yeah, it's yeah. It, he's, he's got a nice field up there. So, yeah, uh, if you're in the area, go check it out. Um, whew, so, yeah, I don't even know where we are, where we're at. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, he was a hero of those days. Yeah, he and a- Eric LeBlanc, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah uh yeah just a, a yeah, lot it's, of it's, lot of personalities that, that that have that uh you know i was actually talking to a buddy the other day um god i hate i hate to drag on here for you you, you tell me to shut the fuck up when i when you dude, need to keep okay? it,
0: i mean i have not it's i'm not doing anything else tonight this is all i'm doing so <laughs> i'm going uh, golfing talking, tomorrow i'm chilling i gotta have a beer left
1: i was talking to a buddy uh the other day and or actually a while ago um actually well yeah it was it was crystal um he's uh a, a a father figurehead of the uh tournament scenery uh, for the level teams on the divisional side out there at level up and he helps the pro team uh in the pits um Uh, I was talking to Chris and, uh, he mentioned, uh, you know, just viewing life in the lens of basically, and like, you know, you, you begin viewing life as, you know, metaphors for, or, for, you know, what you're passionate about or what you're good at and what you understand well. And something I realized about myself was, um, is that like I view a, a lot in life through the lens of paintball? Like, yeah, I, I have a, a, I have a, a, an office job, you know, a, a complicated office job. But I'm still looking at, you know, my wins, my wins, my losses. Uh, my, you know, when I, when I make a mistake, and I need to readjust, and you know, my mentality, uh, you know, my team focused mentality. You know, how do I keep the how do I keep driving towards the goal while maintaining, uh, the integrity of the group that I'm with, because I need that group, you know, just as much as I need to be there as well. And, uh, you know, I've always had that, uh, mentality, uh, uh, as I work. And it's like through the lens of paintball, you know, I learned those behaviors through paintball and, you know, Chris was telling me that, you know, he, he wrestled a lot in high school and uh did really well um and and so like he views a lot in life through the lens of you know if a person does this then i do that you know uh things like that i i hope th- i hope i'm making sense i don't know if i'm describing yeah. this clearly um now for you for you, do you see yourself doing that at times, comparing your real life situations to, man, that motherfucker just hit the 50 Dorito on break on me. I need to go fuck mother, you know, <laughs> like I just got stomped on a second ago. I need to go back in there and, f- you know, fix this, you know, and in my mind, I'm, you know, I'm thinking that guy just hit the 50 Dorito. I need to go stab him, you know, uh, those kind of thoughts flash into my mind. Maybe I'm just psychotic, Justin, but it, uh, you know, it, I, I, really like view, I am able to make a lot of metaphors and comparisons between painful and life, uh, as I've experienced it, um, and moments just like that. So God, now I am rambling.
0: No, I think that makes perfect sense, man. I think people look at life through all kinds of different lenses. Um, I think one thing I've been struggling with recently in my own life is like, what, what is the goal? So I had a, obviously I had the goal to go pro. Okay. We've accomplished that. I have a goal to start my own business. So this year during COVID, I purchased my first rental property and that's going well. I have it totally running out and I'm making revenue from that. And now I'm like, okay, what do I do next? Like what now I've accomplished my goals. Do I feel any different? Am I happier than I was before? And it's like, what do I view my life through? What lens am I looking at it through? Especially with like how social media plays into it. Um, it's like you see all these people arguing all the time, and they're all looking at their different lenses. No one seems to come to a consensus. And I don't know how other people are looking at their lives. And it's like I know my life is is pretty easy. Like if you were to look at my life and just like take it off a checklist, like it's it's pretty easy. Like I have a good girlfriend. Like I have a good job. She has a good job. I have a great dog. Like I have a good family. I have a great group of friends. Everything's pretty cake for me. I don't really have a lot of struggles, but I still somehow. And viewing my life like, well, I still want more. Like, how can I accomplish more? And you know, I don't think I really compare it to anything in terms of like paintball or work or or X, Y, and Z. Lately, I've been viewing my job. I also have an office job. I know you're not super fond of your office job, and um, that goes the same for me. But I recently I've been trying to view my job as more of a tool and less of an identity. Because um, like a lot of a lot of people, uh, men in particular, we identify as whatever our job is. We say, "Okay, I am this." Like, like when you when you say, "Oh, what, you know," you ask somebody about their life. One of the first couple questions when you meet them are like, "What do you do?" And they say, "Oh, my job, my profession is this." And it's like that's how you identify yourself. For me, I've been trying to get away from that because my job. It's like, yeah, like I make enough money to fly around the country and play paintball, fly to paintball practice. Like I'm doing well. Like I don't, but. I don't want to identify myself as my job, if that makes sense, where it's like, oh, I am X. Like, I I don't know. Now I'm rambling, but
1: do you know what I mean? No, where okay. it's like, I like I like where you're going with this. Uh, yeah, I've been down this road. This is great.
0: Yeah, I think this is, is a particular problem that, that men face because we're supposed to be, you know, the breadwinners. Um, obviously, gender norms, 2020, all that stuff, you're supposed to be equal. But just traditionally and stereotypically, a man is supposed to be the breadwinner, and so when you ask somebody what they do and they they just identify their whole life by their job, it's like well that that's a bit sad you know i I think it's like you're you're so much more than just that like you could like you you're a father, you're a husband, you have two great kids, you're a professional paintball player, um yeah, you're also an all star insurance guy that balls out with the Cincinnati Reds, you know waving money in your corner office, but that's not all you do <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, wow. Those are things to aspire to. That all could happen, <laughs> but god damn, some, ma- some fucking magic or miracle. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: recently I've been trying to do my job as more of a tool because it lets me do everything I want to do. It lets me travel the world. It lets me play paintball. It lets me spend time with, with my girlfriend and our dogs and, and all my friends. And I play in two softball leagues. Um, you know, I, I do a whole bunch of different things. Uh, so I've been trying to view my life through a lens that I'm trying to create myself, I guess, not one that's like, this is what you are. This is what you say. Like, so that's where I've been going with it recently, but it's, it's different for everyone. So it's tough. It's tough to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm constantly changing my hats, uh, around here. I'm, I'm in a a constant state of identity crisis um any anyone who knows me knows that's a fucking issue you know um you see me at paintball i want to be with my kids you know and then when i'm with my kids they drive me to back to want to be with paintball. <laughs> and in between that is this this mountainous wall called you know work and uh everything you know that involves is you know real real life as they say um i've been working from home since this COVID thing at my office Same. job uh jess has been on summer break uh for those who don't know my my wife is a uh preschool special ed teacher um and uh she's uh, returning to school on monday and uh you know she just has those temp- tense moments, you know, leading back into the school year. And then, of course, it's politically charged, you know. Oh, yeah. That's all over the social media as a new political fight, which uh, – I, I don't get in all that. Um, the uh, – what was I talking about? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, soccer. yeah. So then, uh, yeah, I've got two kids, right? I was going to tell you about them. So yeah, I've got these two kids. Uh, Mia came along. Uh, she's six. Uh, she came along when uh, we were when when we were because we, as in Jess and I, were with Tipman Effect. Uh, you know, a lot of my paintball career has, you know has been during you know, through a, a married life, you know, and she's been there step every step of the way. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, you get one, you get the other, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, out, you know, when she get when she's able to, she comes out there on Sundays and, uh, uh, beat some cheats, beat some cheeks with us out there on, uh, on, on the level ups turf. Um, when she's able to get away from the kids, it's just, uh, hard thing for her to do you know as a mother of mother of two um yeah kids uh my daughter mia is six and my son Riker is two hey and did you see those uh masks that came in today uh they yeah got danny danny shower hour got them uh and well Jean shower Jean mean Jean came through and, and got the kids some masks so they got some level up masks um if any of you guys want to uh get some level up mask uh hit up danny i think he's got a few extra um yeah it's, yeah they're pretty cool yeah i'm but looking yeah, forward to getting mine in today. two weeks
0: there yeah those are, those are cool i'm looking forward to the mask thing is is crazy how controversial it is it's, it's like i i don't think a lot of people can say this or maybe they just don't want to but i can see both sides of it i understand so in my opinion from the i guess the left side of the aisle people say it's a science issue the science says we should all wear masks so everyone needs to wear one it's like okay and then from the right side of the aisle they're not even talking about science they're just like it's a personal freedom issue and it's like you should have a personal freedom choice if you know if i want to live my life dangerously like i should be allowed to if i want to ride a motorcycle if i want to do x y and z life isn't safe i should be allowed to do what i want and the reason I think there's a lot of clashing right now is because both sides of the aisle are arguing Remember for different things. that I'll come back to
1: that.
0: Yeah. So, so they're arguing for different things, in my opinion. And I think I consider myself pretty centrist. So I can kind of see both sides. It's like, yeah, I, I agree. The science says, hey, like in, I went to Japan. This was before COVID. I went to Japan November of 2019. And people there wear masks if they're sick this is pre covid wasn't even a thing yet no one heard of it and if you're sick in japan you just wear a mask it's a culture um and if you're healthy you don't wear one and so i that's one thing you know that's, that's a science-based thing and that's also a culture-based thing it's here our culture is not that our culture is based in personal freedom uh so i think a big problem why we have so much arguments is like we're argue, people are arguing two different things. One side's arguing for science, one side is arguing for personal freedom, and they're not playing on the same ball field. It's like if you're playing soccer and I'm playing baseball, it doesn't matter who wins the game because they're playing different games.
1: So, oh man. I, I, was, I remember this moment. Uh, Mr. Andrews, back in social studies class, uh, seventh grade, I think it was. Awesome teacher, and uh, he something something that he said in his class was, "Your rights end where another person's begin." Now, if I have a right to a life, and you both and you have a right to a life, and we agree that we each have a right to a life, if you are exerting a force upon me that's going to make me ill and I could possibly be doing the same to you, then we should respect that agreement of rights that I just mentioned, which is nowhere written in our fucking laws, but that is the logic that I follow. And if these scientists guys are saying that we need to be wearing masks and the rest of the damn world's wearing masks unless unless my news is lying to me because apparently Justin there's this thing called alternative facts. So, <laughs> I've not heard of that. Yeah. So, if the rest of the world's wearing masks to circumvent a fucking virus that's hurting people I, and which again Alternative facts, Justin, I don't know how bad it's fucking hurting people. I don't know. uh, The Tim Montressor thing, like, you know, uh, so apparently COVID uh, is known for uh, causing clotting issues. And, um, you know, mixture of uh, ibuprofen with these clotting issues as a COVID uh, carrier you have an increased risk and in a clot that will end in injury or death, you know? So I, I don't know what the, you know, the, the final, you know, it's awful. It's, you know, it's awful. What happened to Tim Montressor? He was an icon to paintball. Um, and he will be missed. And, uh, and it's great to see his legacy of the iron city classic. um, uh, uh, it's going to thrive next year. Um, Uh, I understand that they had to, you know, make the decisions they did this year and and decide not to have that event. Um, But it it will thrive uh, when when this does pass. But for it to pass, we have to go and look back on those rights that we talked about, which, again, is, you know, your rights end where another person's begin. And if you're exerting something that could be hurting people and if and if what they say is true, that it is and, you know, we we have seen possibly seen it here within the paintball community, yes, right? I mean I don't know, man. It's it it just leads you to believe, like, hey, you know, it wouldn't hurt to take the precautions for a few months. Yeah. It just it, it wouldn't hurt. It just wouldn't fucking hurt to just be a little more respectful for a few fucking months.
0: So but, I think what's interesting about that argument, I guess, is you could make a counterpoint like what about all the people that have been put out of work what about the people that have lost their businesses hasn't this hurt their rights hasn't this damaged them in a way like i mean your wife like she, jess she might not be able to return to work she might have to work remotely maybe she has to go into a dangerous environment
1: mm-hmm. there
0: so it's it's tough i understand like that's a very compassionate argument i think And that makes a lot of sense it's like you don't want to infringe on somebody else you don't want to hurt somebody else but it, it have what we've is what we have done with like the lockdown, has it saved more people than it has hurt? Um, you know, we put a lot of people out of work. Suicide has been on the rise, alcoholism on the rise, depression on the rise, child abuse on the rise. Are these things worth the trade? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist or a statistician, so I don't have the answer to that, but it's just something to
1: think about. Those are all interesting points that I I actually haven't, um, haven't considered or, you know, uh, having given all those points thought it's interesting to hear
0: yeah i i I don't know man i dive into this stuff a lot i wear the mask when yeah I go out, and that's like
1: and, and that's all right. connected to isolation right yeah like, those oh, yeah. numbers <laughs> yeah yeah those are all connected to isolation no yeah i'm saying it i'm sorry yeah i'm saying like with in the current state that we're in at the moment i guess it's mask no mask you know people yeah yeah, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, just just wear a mask. Yeah. Now, as far as the you know, isolation goes, yeah, I mean, when we first went into it, I thought it was just <sighs> it, the logic just seemed flawed. Uh, just somehow, why do, why is it straight isolationism? Like, why couldn't the, the mask measures been taken first? Yeah. you know uh did, like did we do this backwards <laughs> i think we might have
0: i think what what's come out is that dr fossey the reason we didn't go to a whole mask thing first is that he didn't think there would be enough masks for the medical personnel so he had told people you don't need to wear a mask so people wouldn't buy them so there'd be enough for the doctors and nurses
1: and so then what once- if donald trump's just an actor president you know they hired him because he's a goofball and he goes up there and just can just berate the press and shit and just uh, like not, you know, not uh, take any responsibility for like uh, being prepared for these things uh, or or just our, our leaders in general, like not even him. But I don't know. They're all ass clowns, right? Dude, you live in Ohio, obviously, where our team is based out of. Did you see the
0: other day DeWine, the governor of Ohio? Trump was coming to Ohio. DeWine tested positive for COVID. I saw the memes on this. This is funny. It's crazy. So he (laughs) tested positive for COVID. He couldn't see President Trump. So the secretary governor, lieutenant governor, that's the name. The lieutenant governor had to see Trump. Um, And then a couple hours later, he tests negative for COVID. And it was a false positive. So how many of these tests are false positives? You know, and it's like, why isn't the governor talked about that? Like, this is the leader of our state, the one imposing all these, you know, rules. How can you not address this situation that just happened when you tell everyone you have to do this, you have to do this, you can't go to work, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Ooh, I just took a test. It was positive. took another one. It was negative. Maybe there's margin for error. How do you not address that? As the governor, like that's to me is
1: mind blowing. I, I guess they won't make that mistake again. <laughs> so, I don't know.
0: So earlier, I was, <laughs> was kind of on a rant earlier about the conspiracies, but my manager um, was down in Florida, living there for a couple of months. Some she people got believe the
1: government just shouldn't be responsible for that shit or your life, you know? Like yeah. fuck, fuck you. You know what? You better fucking arrive on this earth, god damn it. But once you're here, fuck you. Get to work. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's uh I know, it's a it's a crazy time and I I just think nobody has all the answers. Um and I I my big gripe about the whole thing is it's just been very inconsistent. Um like I had a guy from Belgium on my last podcast and they they were very consistent across the board. They they were able to close borders. Obviously Belgium's a lot smaller that like Belgium's like the state of Ohio, like that's the size of it. Uh, I don't know if that's factually correct, but just like looking on a map, if you were to eye it up, um, (laughs) like I don't know how how people work like numbers wise, but I always get wary of things I say because I don't want people to be like, oh man, he said this and this. It's like, well, I'm saying it, but like I also like put a little asterisk, like just looking at a map, I think it's pretty close to size.
1: (laughs) You know what though? You know what though? And, And I'll tell you something about Belgium. You fucking don't fucking sleep on them. Uh, I listen. If you guys want to listen to a sweet podcast, check out uh, Blueprint for Armageddon, uh, George Carlin. Uh, It it is a five episode uh, history. Uh, Each episode, I think, is four and like four hours long. And it's five episodes long. And it's a it's a history from beginning to end of World War One. And somewhere during the first and second episode, you'll hear about fucking Belgium kicking some some German ass. Uh, it's it's fascinating, uh, you know, the the, the the strength of of proper planning uh, can you know what what that can do for you. The proper preparation, you know. So yeah, check out that podcast. It's 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 fascinating. The whole thing is. Yeah, um, I mean,
0: you're a big history guy, a history major and yeah. all. Uh, but
1: so but the anyway, Belgian got, like, yeah, the guy yeah.
0: <laughs> he was like, why don't you guys lock down the state borders? And I was trying to explain to him, yeah, man, like America doesn't work like that. Like if you want to just drive into Florida, like there's no border. It's just like a sign that says like, welcome to Florida. So like all the people that were like in New York or in Massachusetts that were, you know, affected by the coronavirus where it was a big problem here, they just went to their vacation homes in Florida. And now Florida is a huge problem because anyone that had money that was from a metropolitan area that was heavily affected just traveled to the vacation home in Florida. And now there's a huge issue there with coronavirus. <laughs>
1: so, oh, shit. Okay. Never thought of that. One of the conspiracies
0: I've, I've written down is that Florida is misrepresenting the case numbers with false tests. cases are possibly much lower. Um, and I've, I've quoted some sources here in my document but my, my manager was saying that the doctor told her they're like only testing 9% positive, but the media is reporting 90% positive. So it's like, who do you believe? Like, wh- what's accurate? How can you believe the media if they're giving you false numbers, but you hear from somebody that you trust that you work for and they get a Corona test and they said, yeah, my doctor told me this and the media is saying this and it's two wildly different things. It's like, what do you believe?
1: i don't know the whole world's owned by like two dudes right uh basically the one guy is telling the other guy right now that he needs to stall the world economy or it's beginning with the us i guess <laughs> you know it's it's interesting how um the economy you know uh functions how it's truly cash flow based no one's putting savings aside businesses are collapsing in fucking months and so are families and households as they lose their jobs too and it's it's so interesting how um there's no there's no ability to just hit pause on on all of that and be like wait a second why the fuck are we paying so much and you know to these uh i don't know i'm about to go into a, a whole uh bullshit ramp about banks and, and shit i don't want to get into
0: <laughs> no dude you're saying crash the u.s economy for a cnn.com two days ago uk crashes into deepest recession of any major yeah. economy see um if you so the i know he's not super popular but if you listen to the joe rogan episode with peter schiff he's the ceo and owner of pacific venture capital uh which is like a wall street this Thanks. is
1: some Illuminati international cross-border guy who owns four you know he's got citizenship in four countries and no one knows where he belongs to losing a fucking you, team, wear,
0: you, you know what you just said he said Americans don't have enough savings he said all we do is spend yeah. what Trump's doing is he didn't do anything he said he was going to do all he's doing is printing extra money mm-hmm. he's not helping
1: the economy mm-hmm. all the numbers he
0: said were fake. When he went into office, all the Obama numbers he said so were fake. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, when he's in office, oh, all these numbers are accurate now. Unemployment's now accurate. Account, like stock market, all this stuff. Um, it's a really interesting one if you're interested in economics. Uh, the Peter Schiff one. He is a bit ranty in it because they're on Skype, just like me and Matt. Are we're actually on ZenCaster? Um, but the, you know, there's some technological issues there. But I think the information is good uh, if you're interested in the economy and his yeah, perspective
1: what's, uh, what's that called again
0: it's, uh i can i'll send it to you in the in the chat it's called the peter schiff show is his podcast but it's a joe rogan peter schiff episode it's oh, not, all right i don't have the number off the top of my head but i'm personally pretty interested in, in economics i do a lot of investing in you know real estate and the stock market it's like one of my goals is to become wealthy through passive income and not work anymore because <laughs> i just you know to Harrison fry it basically just to not work and have things make money for me is one of my big life goals um so i, I
1: listen to and read a lot of that stuff uh that's cool man uh more power to you um <laughs> yeah i uh i my my passion for economics or little passion that i have for it uh stent uh, stems from my uh, uh, years uh, from getting my MBA uh, at UC, and uh, that was um, that was uh, you know trip down a rabbit hole. I I just haven't used since uh, you know in, in my industry in, in underwriting and insurance. I never really I mean there were other skills that came out of it, right? But the economics issues and stuff wasn't exactly something I. I needed for my job uh, or anything. It was just something um, I thought would, you know, help with my career, and it, you know, it it has in a way. I've been able to make a a, a good move uh, in my professional life uh, a year ago, and I'm still working through those growing pains, you know, and bitching and moaning my way through it as I as I uh, am known to do at times. So, um, yeah, um, but. Oh, we're talking. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. But yeah, my passion for my economics just comes from my MBA years, where, yeah, I learned. I kind of learned a little bit about cash flow, savings, and all this. And then it just, it seems like, uh, just shit just doesn't seem to add up in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, uh, you know, with, with trickle down economics, what we're what we're doing here, uh, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. Some some you know some of these concepts just don't add up in my mind. Uh when I think about how uh the world is and ultimately just I think things get adjusted every once in a while. Just um unforeseen events uh unforeseen events and man-made events occur that that just fuck shit up because somebody doesn't want to pay somebody something. Yep. You know.
0: Dude, in my industry, not paying people is rampant. So I work in construction and it is crazy how many people don't pay other people in construction. And I, this is like, I guess my second, so I worked for Tesla, big corporation. And now I work for the corporation I'm in now is global. We're in like 30 countries. Multi. I mean, my office alone makes, you know, 12 million a month, I think. But we have seven offices across America, 30 offices across Europe. And the amount of people that don't pay us for our services that we have to chase or sue or litigate in some way or like break contracts with is mind blowing. I had no idea that real business was like there were so many people that are just like, oh, yeah, we we told you we're going to pay you. We signed this agreement. You sent us a bill. You provided the service. You did your whole job. You're just shit out of luck. Like we're just not going to pay you. And that's that. And I'm like, and then, it's like, what?
1: <laughs> and then a whole industry's built behind servicing your fucking bullshit issue. You now have on your hands.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we have, we have corporate attorneys that go to sue these people that it's haven't paid unreal. us for doing our job. And it's like, dude, like you, you know, we, we do a lot of work, you know, to, to get you this product. It's not like this product comes out of thin air. I don't just snap my fingers and bam, like, here's your product. Like, it's crazy. I mean, phew.
1: Great. Fucking unreal! Yeah,
0: shit, dude. It, we, I mean, we're close to an hour forty-five. This might be the longest one yet.
1: Shit, that, people are probably asleep. Like,
0: <laughs> you know, what's funny is I, I tried to cut it off kind of at the hour mark, but I feel like this second hour has been really good. Like, I've really enjoyed this second part. <laughs> I mean, the first part, like, you know, I enjoyed it as well. But i uh, like, this second part, I think, has been really good. Like, I've, I've had a great, great time doing this tonight. I don't
1: i don't know what i've said man it's it's uh <laughs> it's been a it's it's been a, a trip uh we're coming up on 11 p.m here is it really yeah. man i've man i've missed a lot of uh, uh kills on siege so far that's <laughs> oh, oh, well
0: all right man well um typically i what i like to do at the end of a show is uh I know we have all of the same sponsors, so you don't have to shout them out, but if there's anyone you want to thank, I'll thank all of your and I sponsors at the beginning of the podcast, but anyone you want to thank individually here at the end of the show, uh, that you want to give a shout out to please, please feel free right now.
1: The first person I'd like to thank is my lovely and beautiful wife, Jess. Uh, everything that, uh, everything that I've accomplished in this has been because of you and, uh, I love you and thank you for standing by my side through this long journey. And, uh, uh, hopefully we can have a, another good few more years, uh, of this before <laughs> focus the attention on, on the kids. Um, and I'd also like to thank my kids, uh, uh, Riker and Mia who sure as hell aren't listening to this fucking podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah i spend a lot of time with assholes like yourself instead of being <laughs> uh with my two awesome kids uh I, who i just adore and who i'm going to miss when they return to school here next week uh getting back into the uh swing of life here um uh, i'd like to thank my uh uh my mom and my dad uh my dad for buying my first paintball gun against my mom's wishes and then i like my and then i'd like to thank my mom for uh, finding my first paintball tournament to enter into, and we got fucking smoked. It was at Co Paintball in Columbus. Uh, Co Paintball, no, not Co Paintball. It was at Splatter Park. It was it was Splatter Park's inaugural event. Duh. Yeah, it was it was like their it was their first it was like their first event they had ever had at the new Splatter Park that they had just opened or recently opened, and. Uh, my neighborhood kids that I started playing paintball with, uh, my mom gathered us together and signed us up for this tournament. And it turns out, like, the shop owner that we got our CO2 tanks filled from, uh, teams like him, his were playing in that event. We just got the shit beat out of us. But I, I, I don't know, I, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, but I, I loved, I loved competitive paintball the, the second I started playing it. And, uh, uh, this has been a fun ride, and uh, yeah, I owe it all to you guys. Um, uh, I, I, Eric LeBlanc again, I'd like to thank him for everything he did for and, and everything he did for Ohio for, or for Ohio Paintball for a long time there. And then I'd also like to thank Dave pa- Dave Pando for uh, picking up the torch and uh, continuing uh, continuing to uh, build on that player base and uh, uh, make it larger and what it is today. Um, there are a lot of paintball players out there, and I'm seeing uh, so many new faces uh, out there at Level Up. Um, it's, it's been awesome uh, playing out there these past few weekends with uh, great crowds, uh, awesome hyperball field uh, for those that uh, want to play some, some mech. Uh, that's right there next to the airball field, so you can always bullshit with the, the same crowd if you want to go do your you know your relative uh, poison right so uh yeah th- uh, thank you dave for yeah everything you've done for uh, ohio paintball and uh thank you for everything you've done for level up the team um we couldn't have done it without you and uh, this has been uh, just an incre- incredible an incredibly humbling experience but and uh, and an incredible and an incredibly uh, uh, amazing experience uh, as well um, uh, dive paintball for the uh, the the gear. Uh, the M3 is uh, it it. I feel like I, I told that guy on Facebook the other day. Uh, I feel like I'm playing Halo 2 again. You know, I got the battle rifle. You know, um, but it, it the reason why I think it's Halo 2 is because it's got that. It does still have a bit of that uh, submachine gunny feel to it. Um, and so I'm always thinking of the of the submachine guns in Halo 2 were introduced, and then it, but it's also got like the the power, uh, the the and the accuracy of the battle rifle in that game. <laughs> yeah, uh, stupid as hell comparison to make, I know. That's an those who excellent it, Billy
0: Wing, did you hear those that? Those who played Wing? it know
1: what I'm talking about. It Put and that on the website, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, the. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy those uh I really enjoy shooting the M three and uh uh thank you Vulcan Vulcan for the, the paint. Um the practice paint uh is uh awesome. Uh best practice paint there is is. Cause uh, I, I know because uh I have to jump around to different fields to be active on the weekends depending on the kids' schedules, right? So uh <clears throat> uh I always like to shoot the Vulcan when I whenever I get the opportunity and For the most part, I'm at level up these days. So why even bring it up, right? Shut the fuck up. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's it for me, man. Um, I don't think I have anyone else to thank. No one else important. My dog and my cat, maybe, but fuck it. (laughs) All right. Not asking, everybody. Thanks for listening.